0: Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and it's my privilege to be the minister here. As always we'd invite you to like and share our service and to visit our website at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk where you can find out more about St Ninian's and sign up for our regular email to keep in touch with all that's happening. We continue our journey through Matthew's story of Jesus this week. If you'd like to spend some time exploring it, then please join us on Thursday evening at 7.30 as we dig deeper into this week's story. It's Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But... If you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly I tell you, If two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. What happens when we don't agree? Or when someone's done something hurtful to us, or we have done something hurtful to someone else? More and more, it seems like the answer to that is that we take sides, that we argue, that we split into camps and throw accusations and insults at each other. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I like to be right. I know you'll find that hard to believe. To be fair, I often am, but even when I'm not sure, or actually even sometimes when I know that I'm wrong, I still want to be right. And that's not an ideal starting point for a discussion. It's an even worse place to start trying to sort out an argument because, well, I've already decided that I don't want to hear the other side not interested in compromise or reconciliation. I really don't care. I just want to win, to be right. We've all been there. But if you know that you do this, then you can change. Having just a little bit of self-awareness is helpful, but it's hard. It's much easier to be angry. But we all modify our behavior. We do it. We behave in different ways in different settings. We use different language when we're at work or school, To what we might, if we're on a night out, or on the terraces at the football or in the playground, we behave differently when we're trying to impress somebody. Hiding all our bad habits and bringing out all our best manners. But life seems to be full of points of conflict. Even the the theories of the great sociologists who try to explain our behaviour in our society often paint it as a conflict between competing ideas or, or groups of people. We talk often about our polarised politics, where there seems little space for agreement or common ground. Conflict resolution is part of ministry training now. I did my sessions with the Brilliant Place for Hope, who work with churches and other organisations to help people to understand conflict and how to navigate your way through it. The first thing to know is that conflict isn't always bad. Sometimes conflict can be hugely creative. Some of the best ideas, innovations in art have come from times of strife. I watched a documentary the other night about Fleetwood Mac and was left wondering how on earth they ever actually managed to make any music at all, never mind their classic album Rumours, which chronicles the descent of their relationship into open warfare. All the time while Lindsay Bellingham was writing songs about it, laying bare for the whole world to hear and then getting Stevie Nicks to sing them, sing songs about their breakup. They all seem to be in a better place now, thankfully, but it's taken years and a lot of commitment to work all of it out. The conflict comes in many forms. and reading today paints a pretty straightforward picture of how to fix it. If someone does something wrong, go and tell them in private. If that doesn't work, take a friend or two as witnesses, and if that doesn't work, tell the church. And if that doesn't work, then well, maybe they should be asked to leave, to be treated as as an, an outsider. The word that's used again and again in this process is listen. Go and speak to them and hope that they'll listen. And listening in this case actually seems to mean that the person will realise they're wrong, that they'll hear it. Listening's a bit of a lost art. We're not great at it as a society. To be fair, listening is hard. There's so much noise to cut through and... To focus and to really hear what's being said, it's very difficult. Even the seemingly simple process for sorting out a disagreement that Jesus gives us, it's fraught with potential problems. What if the person doesn't think they've done anything wrong? What if they feel that their actions were justified? What if they think that you're the one who should be doing the apologising? Conflict usually starts with issues of power. Said at the start, I like to be right. That's another one of those ego things, isn't it? We all want to be smart. We want to be the one in the room that people listen to or ask or defer to. Or it could be more than that. We want to dominate. We want to be in control. We want you to believe that what we say is right and what we tell you to do is the right thing to do. The way that we see the world is the correct way to see it. Any other way is wrong and if you don't think the same way as me or believe the same things as me or see the world in the same way as me then you're obviously wrong and probably not very smart. But Then there are also good things uh, to disagree about, things that need pointed out and changed. Anyone who's ever gone on strike or signed a petition or written to their MP or picked up a placard and, and joined a protest knows this. Because they're in conflict with someone or something. They're joining an argument. And that's not a bad thing. It can be a good and necessary thing. What's perhaps more interesting, and what our passage today is, I think, primarily about, is that things really get changed when we just take sides and shout at each other. For change to happen, we need to start from a different place. Remember those Beatitudes that we keep on talking about? Those people who Jesus says are blessed, they include the meek. I talked last week about people listed as being blessed in these situations where where ego has been stripped away, the meek. But the list also includes those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and that's perhaps a more tricky group. People who want things to change for the better can sometimes get sucked into violence because nobody listens. Horrible things keep happening to people you know and like and who are like you. And there can seem that there are no other ways to make change. No one will listen. As always, it's a shame that we haven't read the whole chapter today. If we had, we'd see a conversation that starts with Jesus telling the disciples to sort themselves out again. They're asking questions all about their own ego. Who is the most important in the kingdom? I wonder if Peter's been throwing his newly found status around and, and the others are trying to get him to pipe down a bit. It turns out that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is like a child. Someone with no power, no authority, no status, no income, no property, not even the right to decide for themselves. He then talks about removing the things from our lives that get in the way, the stumbling blocks. Clear them out, avoid them. You know what they are. Stop putting yourself in positions where you know that you're going to fail. You're never a gossip, except with that one friend who is a gossip, and you find yourself joining in. It happens in all kinds of situations, doesn't it? We just go along, we fit in, we leave our usual behaviour at the door. To help the disciples understand what he's talking about, Jesus tells a story about a lost sheep. The shepherd leaves the 99 other sheep and goes looking for the lost one to bring the sheep back to the fold. It's a story about helping people to change, bringing them back in when they wander off, because they're loved and missed by the shepherd who wants to keep them safe. But what about the 99 sheep? They're left without a shepherd when he's off looking for that stupid sheep that's wandered off on its own. I mean, he should be looking after us. What if a lion comes? It's not our fault that the other sheep wandered off. He never really liked him anyway. He never fitted in. He's not like us and, well, we'll not miss him and there are still loads of us. I wonder what happens when the sheep comes back. Did the other sheep welcome him in or do they give him the cold shoulder? What does that look like with people rather than sheep? Go and sort it out. That starts from a place where you have to be sorted out yourself, doesn't it? Remove the log from your own eye before trying to tell someone else they've got a speck in theirs. We always assume that we are the one who's been wronged. We're never the one who has upset or hurt someone else. Starting from a place where we all know that if someone comes to us to discuss a problem, that they start from a place of love and concern is a huge leap forward from what we usually do. We tell all our friends how horrible someone is, or we put passive-aggressive posts on Facebook, or just sit and nurse our resentment. I suggests that we're all aware that we can be on both sides of this scenario, so that it's in everyone's interest that we work out good ways to resolve our disagreements. Having rules is great, but working out what to do when people break them is really hard. Doing that in a way that's not just about punishment is really important. Just punishing people doesn't work. Look at the reoffending rates of people who have been put in prison. Reconciliation and rehabilitation are just as important. But it's much easier just to send someone away, like a lost sheep, off to fend for themselves, away, far away from us. Jesus is setting out some guidance about how we live in community together. And a big part of that is how we sort out disagreements. The disciples' current practice is to punish someone or send them away when they do wrong. And Jesus is realistic enough to know that it won't always work out. Sometimes people can or won't take responsibility or they won't make amends, or they don't want to continue to be part of this group. But that should be the final option, not the first one. All that talk in these passages about binding and loosing is about holding on to people until things can change. A commitment to work through things together, to stay the course, to both take the time to understand each other and to, to work out how to live together. I talked earlier about how we modify our behavior, how we choose to act differently, in a variety of settings, that we might say or do things in private that we would never say or do in public because we wouldn't ever want people to see us behaving that way. Wherever we are, even when it's just two people joined together trying to sort something out, God is there with us. I wonder how being aware of God's presence might change the way that we approach that argument. We behave badly because nobody can see us behaving badly, but God's there. God is there. There to witness everything that we say and do. Conflict resolution isn't only focused on making it all better. Finding consensus is of course preferable. We all agree on the way forward. But we can also agree to live with our differences. We can agree to compromise. Or we can agree to go our separate ways. The person still won't listen Treat them like a tax collector or a Gentile, like an outsider. Like someone who the community only tolerates because they've got no other choice. Like a sheep who's wandered off. Except Jesus has already challenged that idea with the way that he brought in the Canaanite woman and healed her daughter. He called Matthew, the tax collector, to be one of his disciples. The shepherd went looking for the lost sheep. No one is ever too lost. No one is ever too far away. No one is ever too broken or too wrong or too strange or even too hurtful. No one is ever lost to God. The shepherd goes looking for all of us when we wander off. Perhaps our job is to make sure people don't wander off in the first place just because we can't sort out a disagreement. Ever-living God, creator and sustainer of all, guide us towards peace and hope and the promise of a new way of life in your church, a community united in love of you and of each other. As we move through the seasons of the year, as we wait for the landscape to change, we are shown the beauty of our world. We give thanks And we pray for the wisdom to listen to experts, to see the impact we have on your awesome creation that we might unify and make changes now to benefit the generations to come. As your world continues to grapple with the unimaginable loss and pain experienced by hundreds of thousands of families, we pray individually and as a church for compassion, for the ability to comfort support and to have the patience and empathy and the grief of others no matter how it manifests or how long it lasts as our church seeks its own way forward in a changed and changing world we pray for strength to build on what has been good to prune what is dead And to find new ways to unite in our mission to spread your love to the world around us. As inequality, fear and hate continue to plague our society, we pray for the boldness to stand up to the evils of this world. To live the new life promised and given through Jesus. To turn from inaction to action. To work for justice for all as one body of Christ and the full knowledge and confidence that you are with us now and for ever. Hear us as we pray together in your name, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Go into this new week seeking peace in your heart. Let go of the grudges, the resentments that hold you back, and know that Jesus loves you and those you struggle with. May God's peace and Jesus' love and the Spirit's presence go with you all. board and the Kirk Session meet on Monday 7th September at 7pm on Zoom. Reminder that the Sunday School meets every week at 11am on Zoom. It's for children of all ages and the book group is reading The House on the Strand by Daphne du Maurier. We meet to discuss it on Sunday the 20th of September. Everyone is welcome.